Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of Tilting at Windmills with Mike Donahue. Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about the topic du jour, maybe topic de what's the French word for week, month, mes, mesa? Uh, Spanish would be more appropriate. The topic of the month, uh, which is the border wall, uh, the southern border wall, in case there's any confusion. And as usual, um, I am out elected by our guest tonight who is uh, an account exec for a major American uh, telecom. And I have known each other for forever. Uh, and uh, I thought he'd be great. He's a, he is a wall advocate. And I thought it'd be great to come on here and explain to me why I'm wrong about the border wall. Welcome. Good, uh, good evening uh, from Texas. And uh, thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And yes, yeah, a long time. I think probably since circa 1999 that we've known each other. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, that's forever. Um, I, I used to live in Dallas. You're in, you're in Dallas, right? North Dallas? Yes. Yeah. I'm about 30 miles okay. north of Dallas. Uh, so that Frisco? Uh, Frisco, right Frisco. So I'm in McKinney. I'm in McKinney. So 30 miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. So I'm, I'm the east side of Frisco. Got it. Um, now, I know it's been a long time since I've been in Texas, but are you guys still a border state? Uh, definitely, we're a border state. So on the south side, so, you know, south of San Antonio towards El Paso, I think the border might run a couple hundred miles, I think is what the last count was. So okay. parts of parts of Texas, the only thing that separates Texas from Mexico is the Rio Grande River. And so, um, unfortunately, you know, you'll you'll see or hear on the news that people jump the river and then they get onto personal people's personal private lands and then make their way up from there. Right. And then before that, um, you lived in California, so it's it's not like you're unfamiliar. Like, even though you've only lived in how long have you lived in Texas now? Uh, so Texas, um, October would be six years now. Wow. And then, but before that, you lived in California. So it's not like you're not used to, you know, uh, Hispanic populations, Hispanic neighbors, uh, and living oh, in, a, in a border state. Yeah, yeah. And prior to that, you know, um, I've also lived in Shanghai. I've lived in Hong Kong. So, you know, if you look at it, Hong Kong actually has a border from Hong Kong and China from in Shenzhen with a wall. Uh, with a few border crossings and things like that. And, you know, that's how, even though they're, they're one Chinese, they're operated by two separate governments. Right. 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 Um, so, so, and we can, we can talk about that. We can talk about the other implementations of sort of walls and borders uh, around the world, since it, it seems to be brought up quite a bit as an argument. So just, just to kind of, um, I'll kind of lay out, where where I am, which is my my sort of baseline um, position on this, is that that we're most effective spending our dollars at the ports of entry and right around uh, the extremely populated areas, uh, and that's sort of borne out statistically by uh, the border patrol uh, documents themselves in terms of how many people are apprehended uh, and where the drugs are seized. And I, I think I will, I will cede the point um, that a wall makes it more difficult 
uh, for people to cross. Um, but I guess my my basic response is is that we already have a wall, um, and extending the wall just makes it a little bit harder for those people without any real benefit to to us. The the net impact on on immigration would be pretty minimal, um, and all we're really doing is just making it, you know, significantly harder uh, for people to 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 come over. And, and potentially create more of a dangerous situation for them. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So, so where, my, where are you? My argument is not just to keep, you know, the Hispanics, you know, south of the border or people from Honduras and things like that. The border wall is just one method that we use to, to, you know, stop people to that come here illegally, right? Unfortunately, you know, people. You know, you look at, you know, I'm Chinese, right? So you look at why Chinese people and Korean people and and Taiwan people come here and overstay their visa, right? Is that Taiwan, Korea, they mandatory 18 years and old, 18 years um, old, you have to go serve the military. So what happens, and since Obama allowed 10-year visas, that allowed people for to stay in the U.S. on a on a tourist visa for six months. You have all these anchor babies that are happening in San Gabriel and Monterey Park and all that, where people are overstaying their visa, having a Chinese uh, American legal baby born here in the United States, and now they become citizen, which then gives them the right to petition for for coming to the US, right? That's, you know, rule amendment 25. So the border, you know, unfortunately, if you look at any, any, any real country, if you know, I think you've traveled the world too, is that America is, is really one of the only people who don't check visas, or don't check return flights, as well as when you leave the country, they don't even check your passport, right? You just kind of walk through Tom Bradley and 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 nobody knew you actually left the country, right? So people are doing that. So, you know, we have holes in our border security and overstaying the visa is one of them. Crossing the crossing the Rio Grande is another issue that, you know, people people will will exploit everything that they can get, right? So, right. So, so what about the core? I think there's there's a lot of tangents we can go off here. But what about just the core thing that that we rely on immigrants in any number of ways? So we rely on immigrants for migrant farm work. We rely on immigrants for sort of a lot of the labor based jobs in our economy. Um, and I agree with you that. Know, there's okay. So, so there and, and know, a lot so of that. If they if so. If they do do that with paperwork, right? If we, if America petitions just like an Indian person or a Chinese person with a, with a high educational background wants to come to the United States, they petition to come here and get a work visa, right? So to me, I'm okay with migrants wanting to do work here and has, you know, if it's a two year or it's a seasonal thing, come all, come one, come all, but you have to have paperwork. It's not like why should you get an advance into this and then 
and then be able to work when somebody's waiting in the wings to say, hey, I, I could do that job too. You know, look at all the the Chinese people are massaging people's feet inside inside San Gabriel, right? You know, there there are jobs that people that local people don't want to do, but they they and I'll be happy to support that. That's not a problem. Yeah, but I I think the thing is like when we think of that, when we think of those two two sets of people. So let's let's and I'm just gonna in my mind's I imagine the people that go through the paperwork process, right? Who who submit a formal I want to become a resident alien thing from wherever country they're in. I, in my mind's eye, they're always sort of at least sort of a locally middle class people. They're not in any sort of desperate situation. They're they're okay where they are, but they want to come to America and they know it's going to take a long time to apply, but they start the process in the hopes that, you know, in a year or two years or whatever, they're going to be allowed in. And I don't I don't think I think there's that whole subset of of that other class of people who are so desperate to either make a life for themselves or to to provide for their children or just to get out of a bad situation that they don't they don't have that luxury to hang around and just kind of submit a form and and wait for three or four years until the U.S. says, yeah, it's OK. Can you, so, do you like. So. So, OK, so, you know, if you look at what's happening in Venezuela, right, Venezuela is in turmoil right now. And many people are going to Ecuador and to Chile and all that. And they're just hopping over the border. And some of those countries do take the people in, right? But when is it going to be enough to enough when, like, if you look at Germany, look at the state of state of Germany right now. One million refugees flocked into there, right? You know, you look at, you know, some of the countries that shut them out, you know, Poland and things like that. Look at Sweden, the amount of crime that's happening in 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 Anglo rich nations like that, where it's like, okay, the crime has just gotten out of hand where, oh, all I needed, all I'm, I'm a refugee, I need help. But, you know, the reason why you see everybody flocking to London, you know, even with all this Brexit is because London is going to give them a house and give them food stamps and all that other stuff because, and, and they don't even need to ask, they just apply. Right. So, so when it when is enough is enough, and you know we can't absorb everything just like just like Germany can't absorb anything or Italy can't absorb anything. There's just not you know unfortunately you know United Nations has been completely quiet in all of this, right? And so the well, countries I, have to do yeah. something to say, hey, I'm gonna allow migrant work i'm going to allow migrant food workers but work but the u.s is going to keep tabs on you when i worked in china right i had to get a z visa and i had to go get my ekg and and all these different tests and all that for me to to work in china right it was it was a three-year contract i had to do everything and and prove on that day that that i was going to fly out i had to prove that i paid all my taxes to the chinese government before I left the country, before they let me out. Why couldn't we have the same system that China does? Because if you if you look at Mexico, right, you got to cross into there. And and when you leave, you still got to identify yourself, right? Well, but I think I think that's analogous to the same sort of situation that I talked about earlier. You have these two classes of people 
trying to get in. We have the people like you that are that will go through the paperwork, will do the EKG, and if they say yes or say no, or they say wait six months, it doesn't really matter to you in the long run of things. But then you have all the people in Vietnam or in Laos or the other countries that border China that are just coming back and forth across the border, um, which which Legally. happens, yeah. and and illegally, that just that just come into China and and vice versa. Um, and um, I, nobody so I comes think, into I think China illegally. <laughs> there you don't I, I you don't, don't think I, there's any I don't think so. Vietnamese overflow. I don't think so. All right. All right. I, I would I, love to I take will... you through. Yeah, I would love to take you through Shenzhen. You don't go in there without any kind of paperwork, right? But that again would be a legal crossing point. That would be a place that. Yeah, you, I you guess don't I think have to see data. I don't think there's a flood because you look at the Chinese jobs now, right? A lot of the manufacturing is done in Vietnam because labor is cheaper now. The exchange rate is better for international company to go into Vietnam and source labor. Right. Well, let's, let's bring it back to America because I think, I think okay. we have to focus on, on our situation and sort of the, the, we do have a bit of a unique history uh, with, with Mexico and, and Latin America, but do you like, is it your perception that, do you think that Democrats are for open borders? Because I hear that a lot on Fox. So, I think Democrats are are in a in a puzzle right now where they're going to get their next voters. Right? Because if you look at the old establishment, you look at, you know, Pelosi is is the leader, but now you have new socialists like like um that Ocasio-Cortez and and that one from Michigan and the one that was, that blatantly said the f-word against the president. You know, there's a lot of of new found Democrats that are way off the way off the scale of what a Democrat is called. So I, I think, you know, the whole open borders is, is possibly true because, because they're going to need a new source of people to, to vote for them. And you, you know, do you just look at the polls, right? The Hispanics and blacks are voted the most for Trump in in this last election versus the last two president candidates right so so i think they're seeing where you know the blacks are the black african americans and and the His, hispanic americans are 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 changing their view because now they're saying hey i made it in america legally i need i don't need a handout from to, that'll that'll quote quote keep me down right so they're seeing that, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tilt the other way because they're the ones who are giving me jobs. And you look at the job rates now, where in the minority, um, more minority groups, right? That that it's increasing because the economy is good. Do, do you? So I don't want to get too far. Do you really feel like the the um benefits and strides that wall street have made have have reached down to the average american do you do you think the average american feels like the economy is good right now so if you look like at, i know wall street thinks it's good i know the so ceos you, think it's good so you're talking about like blue collar jobs and you know the the the, the 15 the 40 dollar an hour type jobs where it's, it's considered the blue collar work you're talking about those jobs 
I'm just talking about in, in, in general, whether it's in Dallas or, or San Diego or wherever it is. I, I mean, I see more people in, in gig economy jobs. You know, I use DoorDash and Amazon Prime a lot and uh, Instacart plug. Um, and they're all sort of, every time I get a delivery from someone, it's not some pimply faced kid. It's, you know, it's, it's a middle-aged adult. And I just, I think, yes, unemployment is low, but I don't think that there's a quality to our employment. Um, and I don't think that the gains made by Wall Street or, um, the, the the large firms have trickled down to the average person. Um, so I think in the you know if you look at who's driving Uber, you know in the middle middle of the morning, and I've 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 taken my five six a.m. seven a.m. The people who are who are doing those type of routes, right? And you know I and I I just had my DoorDash delivered by probably he was probably in his sixties, is right? Is that people now have the ability through their smartphones and to choose when they want to work, how they want to work. And, you know, if they want to pick up a few hours here and a few hours there, you know, I've had, reti- I even had a, a retired VP of of my company picked up around and picked me up at 6 a.m. morning because he's like, hey, this is something to do before I get onto the golf course, you know? So I think that's bringing new bodies into, into you know, decent paying, you know, They'll they'll make a you know they'll make a few hundred dollars a week maybe two thousand dollars a week on top of their retirement, but you know if you look at at the people who want to work if you're going to find find work there's warehouse work there's manufacturing work there's there's so many different jobs that people can do thanks to the changing manufacturing and and being able to to get a decent salary or choose to work in, while you're retired you know. So, so you're, you're, well, I think, I think your, um, Uber driving ex CEO might be a, a small, uh, sample size, but the, you're, you're basically saying that the, the jobs are out there if you want them. If you want to yeah. work, you can find work right now. Okay. Yeah. So I guess then the thought becomes, okay. So if if that is our situation right now where we have jobs aplenty what what is the downside uh for these immigrants trying to to come in and and make a better way for themselves so uh, so i'm all for legal immigration there's no doubt you know i'm not racist i'm not any i'm i'm a minority myself right but i'm i'm for the you know how much does it cost the economy when the government's shelling out, I think it's somebody says $117 billion to cover the health and, and education and all this other stuff for these illegal people when we can't even help our veterans or help our help help the feeding children of America, right? I think we, we have enough well, I think, to worry so, about. So I think that's a bit yeah. I think I think that's a bit of a uh I don't know I don't know what the right word straw man is, but so, so that number, the number, I think, I think most people and most studies agree that the the cost of immigration, so the amount the amount of taxes put into the economy or the dollars generated into the economy by uh, illegal immigrants or undocumented workers, um, is about an, a net push 
or up to fifty billion dollars in uh in 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 cost. I think the study that you're citing of 117 billion was was sort of considered on the periphery of the studies. But but let's just say that 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 it's in that that sort of dollar range. I th- I think and this is kind of what irritates me when 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 people say something like you know we have veterans on the the streets or we have homeless people or whatever we we can do both it's not like there's a 50 billion dollar pool and and we have to choose between uh undocumented workers or or between the veterans there's a lot of money to go around and maybe instead of building our you know 14th uh, aircraft carrier when the second largest country in the world only has one, uh, you know, maybe instead of that, maybe we can put some of that money, uh, to, to veterans or, or homeless care. There's, you know, when we're talking about trillion dollar budgets, there's, there's money there to go around. We can do both. And I think, you know, in, in, in general, you know, I think I think there's still this this thought that yeah, people shouldn't be crossing the border illegally. Uh, you know, it's 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 still against the law. But the reality is, is that these people are going through incredible hardship, and they're doing it because they're trying to get away from something, or they're trying to get to something uh, and better themselves. And I think, like to me, those are the kind of people that I. I want in this country. I want hard workers. I want people that want to make things better. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel in general, like we're very, very rich and very, very lucky as a nation. And, and, uh, and I think it's a, it's a very small um, tax overall on the nation uh, to infuse ourselves uh, with, with that population. But I guess that's a pretty commie socialist way of looking at it. Well, so actually, America only has 11 active carriers right now. But um, but if you look at it, right, so. <laughs> Sorry. No problem. Um, but if you look at, yes, is our defense budget high? But the world calls us the world's police, right? You know, unfortunately, there are people out there that will harm us, right? If you look at the border right now, right? There are Chinese people, there are Iranians, there are people from all over the world trying to use Mexico as a way to get in, right? Yeah. If they were well, smart, there are, but... if they were smart, they'd probably go through Canada, right? But, but you know, they're they're using it. There's even a direct flight from Shanghai to Tijuana right now, right? So, so unfortunately, right, you know. I don't think anybody and and your audience really, really, really is against immigration. And I'm for I'm for immigration when it's done right, right. If you want to come here and work, I'm for that, right. But you need to take the steps in order for you to work. You can't just come over and say, "Hey, I'm in line. I'm going to get pregnant in nine months." Now I'm going to live off that, the 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 EBT card and all this other stuff that the the government wants, and just like how the Democrats feed the minor the other minorities, it's like, hey, we're going to keep you down because we're going to count on you guys to 
and we're going to give you air, we're going to give you upgrades in your EBT funds and Section 8 housing and all this other stuff as long as you vote Democrats, right? Because we're the party of the people and all this other stuff, right? So, so when you when you look at they're just what what the Democrats are using is they're just using the people who are the minorities or of this unprivileged class to use them as a way to vote, right? Texas just recently said there was 98,000 people that voted illegally, right? And so, so that voter reg registration law and voter ID law, that I I don't I I don't understand how a Democrat could could, and I'm probably going in a tangent, but I don't understand how they could deny showing an ID to go vote. Just like when they ask you every time you go check out with your debit card or every time they, you, you know, a simple ID, you use it every single day, but yet you don't, you're okay with not having to use it when you vote. That just, that, that kind of. Yeah. Because, because you, because you show it when you register to vote. When you register to vote, you have to show your your proof of residency and your citizenship. That's that's when that validation is made. There's a difference between when you register to vote and when you actually go vote. And you're only able to vote if you're a registered voter. So, and if you want to register that day, you can, but you still have to provide proof of citizenship when you when you register. So, I don't I don't understand the voter ID laws to be to be brutally honest with you. And I do think they disproportionately impact minorities um, and, and the elderly. Um, but when you register to vote, whether it's in Texas or California or whatever, you have to provide that proof. When you show up on the day to actually go cast your vote, no, but you're already on the registered rolls. So it's like, are you Gail and this address? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We see you're a registered voter. Go ahead and vote. Um, and if you're not, when the ballots, like, I participated pretty heavily in the 48th um, district down here, and the vote counting took forever. And a large part of the delay is because they are checking every single voter to make sure they're a registered voter. So, yeah, I guess I, I do have a bit of an issue with the voter ID laws. And I don't I would never suggest that we allow people to register to vote without ID um, or, or allow that process to be. Uh, bypassed, but the actual act of voting, I'm, I, I don't understand that. Um, to be, to be honest with you, um, so yeah, so we are, we're bouncing all the way around here, which is, which is interesting. But to, to get back to the wall, so are you just so I can understand, are you in favor of that a physical wall, literally from from Tijuana down to wherever it it ends in uh, Brownsville or whatever it is? So yes, and and but if there is an obstacle that prevents it, like uh, along the the Rio Grande River, definitely so, because because that's where the drugs and that's okay. where all this other stuff comes. So so yes, so where where the border patrol who knows it the best deems that there should be a wall here or an improved wall, then that's where that's where it should be funded. All, so basically the entire the entire border i wouldn't say i so wherever they deem that it's necessary then yes if 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 the, if there was and you know the the physical wall is one thing right there's sensors and you know pelosi wants to put a put a robot dog out there 
whatever, right? But but where they see fit, right? They're uh, I'm I'm the 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 lazy boy chair quarterback, right? I I'll support wherever they deem that it's necessary. And and who is who is they to you? They would be uh, customs and border protection the... and ICE. So so is that the rank and file members and what they think, or is it what their leadership, like the the head of the border patrol or the head of ICE, want? Well, if it was a if it was a good hierarchy, we, you would think that hey, we need more support because based on the number of crossings that that happened in in this past year or two years, this deserves a this deserves a border wall. Right. So as okay. that as that is is being calculated and says, hey, you know, we crossed the, the thousand capture, then we need a wall here. Right. But of course you're gonna layer so, on sensors and cameras and all that other stuff. The minute that that, that that there's detection of it, then yes, definitely you're gonna build that wall. So the head of the Border Patrol has already come out and said that the vast majority of drugs coming across, whether it's marijuana, heroin, fentanyl, they come through the ports of entry. You know, when you're when you're trying to smuggle in a kilo of something, it's much easier to to try and hide it into a, you know, a 20,000 pound truck than it is to, you know, put it on some guy's back in the middle of the desert and hope that he makes it the 100 miles across the border or whatever. They've They've already come out and said the ports of entry are really where things go. And then also statistically, if you look at the maps, the Border Patrol has a great website with tons of statistics where they'll show you a heat map of of where the apprehensions are made for um, Ill- illegal crossings. And they're all right around the heavily populated zones, which are already walled, um, at least at least in the metro areas and then and then slightly out of the metro areas. So I, I guess I don't I don't understand. I understand the argument a bit about the people and maybe making it harder for people to cross out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I don't understand the, the, uh, the drug or gun. Uh, so how did they, so how did the border, so how did the, what did the border chief of border police say the, the, the means of getting it in? Did they catch them? What is the catch rate versus, because, you know, they have dogs and they have x-ray machines and all that stuff. Is is it is it they're requesting that we want right. bigger and better X-ray machines or what? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think honestly, I think that's the Democrats' position. I think the Democrats' position is kind of like, look, yes, we can add another hundred miles of wall out in the middle of the desert where it'll make you know a, a few hundred people have to walk farther to get around it, or we can. Like if you if you've and I'm sure you've probably been to San Diego or or some of the other big border crossings, those guys go through thousands and thousands of cars a day and they're not super well staffed. Right. It's wave you through, wave you through. Um, And I think that's where the Democrats position has been, is that at these ports of entry where the drugs are coming in, where the guns are coming in, we need to beef them up. We need to beef up personnel. We need to beef up technology. Uh, and we may need to make it harder for people to get that stuff uh, through the ports of entry. So Friday, January and I'm guessing 25th, you would be on board with that. Yeah, no, definitely. So again, the border, the the wall, the 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 5.7 billion of it that that is requested, right? That's just that's just one portion of the layered security 
that that people want and people are requesting, right? But if you look, you look at at Friday's um, NBC thirteen WLOS, he's saying the former Obama border chief says it's simple, the wall works, right? And so, so yes, to catch to catch drugs inside at the port of entry, that should be one, right? But there are still there's ele- so so Reagan gave amnesty to what six million people in the eighties, right? Thirty years uh-huh. later, we're now eleven million illegal aliens that are out there, right? One of them just right. killed a, a a police, a Newsom police guy, and then he had four other accomplices try to hide him, right? And now those people are probably okay. going to jail for five to seven years. Because they tried to hide this illegal immigrant who killed the police person. How many people, how many Americans still need to die because, okay, there are the ones that you talk about that just want to come here to work and all that other stuff. But then there are the ones that are killing people. But let's, let's finish your thought. How many, how many people, how many policemen need to die before what? Because they got pulled over. You were you're about to say how how many people need to die before? How many how many people need to die before the the country shuts down shuts the border or tightly puts a noose on the border, tightly start managing all these overstay visas, right? In order to protect ourselves, right? It's not going to be and nothing's going to be perfect, right? Everything is not going to be perfect. Right. But when does the, when does people come up and say, you know, if you look at and there's tons of Facebook videos that show Obama, Schumer, Pelosi and all that, they were for hard border spending and hard border and the wall and all this other stuff. Right. Now, all of a sudden, they completely backtrack and it's like, whoa, where did this come from? Is it just because, hey. Trump used to be on TV and part of the Hollywood Hollywood guys, and it's only until he got voted into office what changed about him. He's still the big, the big. A lot of people don't like him because of the rhetoric that he spit he spits out. But he he promised, and he's doing the things that that he promised to do. Right? There's no doubt about it. Well. The- there's a bit of doubt. Let me let me answer, I guess, your question about about the two things, because you talked about when are we going to start protecting Americans, et cetera, for the crime. So I think there's two sort of responses to that. One of them is direct. One of them is indirect. The direct response is the, the studies have shown that legal immigrants and illegal immigrants both have a lower overall crime rate than American-born citizens. So statistically, you're you're safer in an immigrant community than in an, an all citizen community. The 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 crime rates are lower. And, what, and is this and minor crime? Secondly, is, this, is this minor crime or is this because you look at the gangs? If you look at the gangs in L.A., right? You know they don't crime your neighbor. They don't call your neighboring your neighboring city and a crime for nothing, right? That's a completely Hispanic neighborhood. Right. If you look at if you look right. at the city of L.A., right, who causes all the crime? Poor people. Poor people. Right. And so so if you if you take the race in consideration, who crawls all the crime? 
Um, I don't, honestly, I don't know statistically. I mean, it depends on what area you're looking at. If it's a Hispanic area, the poor Hispanics are going to cause a crime. If you're looking at a poor white area, the poor white people cause a crime. Poor people commit crime. It's, it's sort of a timeless thing. I think, and I think the second response is, um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and email you a bunch of links and I, I can hear you typing furiously, which is great. I want you to, but I'm trying to talk and I can't do the both at the same time. I'm terrible. Um and we'll we'll exchange some links and 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 talk about the studies and, and other things as well. But I think the second point is is that when especially when Fox trots out, you know, that police officer was shot, tragic, bad, horrible. Um the the first thought and, and people say make comments like, hey, you know, this police officer died because we didn't have a good border. When when can we really protect our border and, and stop our cops from being killed? I think the exact same thought comes over to our side, which is saying we've we've had 400 kids killed in the last 10 years from school shootings or whatever it is. When when are we going to stop or, or implement more serious gun control? Like how many more kids have to die? before that starts happening and and we hit a brick wall on that there's no discussion about yeah we should we should do something about gun control or yeah so, we should do something to pr- protect our kids it's just no more guns and thoughts and prayers so so, so there, there's there's a dichotomy there yeah so maybe you know that's the gun control would be another great podcast but you know so just <laughs> rebutting the the gun control thing right a lot of those guns that were used to kill right they were either stolen or they the the person the system failed the rule of law failed the people who got killed right cuz some of those people like the virginia tech asian guy who killed like 14 people he shouldn't have had a gun got one and then killed all those people right so right no i'm not i'm not yeah no we'll 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 talk for four hours if we start talking about guns but i guess i'm just trying to make the point that when you when you bring up a um a specific situation it 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 doesn't have a lot of impact to say you know what this bad thing happened therefore we must do x which is to spend five billion on on extending a wall when when there's another bad thing equally bad thing happening in much greater amount that we cannot do anything about apparently it's just sort of a hopeless situation um according to the right but i i guess i guess what i'm curious about too is that i uh, what what generation american are you if, um, if i can ask sorry so so if so the definition of first generation could either mean when your first family arrived here or is it when the the first family actually was born here what is your definition that you're asking um, I would say, I, I guess I would say born here. So I'm first generation. Parents came in 1970, okay. 70, 71, uh, when they were single and came here for school. And then we were born in 75. Or I started, my brother was okay. born in 74, I was 75. And and I'm assuming just in general, your parents came here legally. Legally as students, yes. And then got yeah. got their companies to sponsor them and then legally was born. So, so one of the interesting things that I think I've 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 seen over the last year or two is that the some of the most anti illegal immigrant um, voices belong to people who who did come here legally. 
I, I, I think there's a, a, a passion there or there's a, it touches a nerve there that doesn't happen or doesn't seem to touch as deeply with people like myself that, that are whatever, sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth generation. Um, I, I think it's, can you talk, do you see that as well? Yeah, I would, I would probably say, you know, a lot of families wait 10 years before they're able to bring, bring their families over. So my dad, you know, he's the youngest of like eight, nine kids. When we were, when I was like four or five, um, you know, which is 1975 or so. Yeah. So right around 1981, my he was able to sponsor my aunt and my uncle here who eventually you know brought their families from thailand and um and then from from there you know they legally immigrated as you know through through rightful means right being able to bring your family members across and so 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 i think you know just by jumping over the fence now all of a sudden you know that same 1981 if you jumped the fence in 1980 and now you just became a citizen right they became permanent residents and then probably another five five ten years later after they came then they became citizens right and you know a lot of them all the kids went to college and have great jobs and things like that so i think i think that is maybe probably where some of it has the animosity yeah but uh, you know yeah. People, people to this day still can't bring their, their family over. Like my friends, you know, my, actually my wife's friend, you know, it took her 20 years before, after she graduated college to actually get citizenship. And, you know, she's trying to bring over her parents who are like 75 years old to immigrate here. And she still hasn't got them over here, even though she's been here for 20 some odd years. And and I get that, but do you do you also have an empathy point for for like the moms in Honduras or the moms in Mexico that are like I cannot wait twenty years to get my kid fed or to get my kid out of this place where bullets are whizzing around or you know whatever where they have absolutely no future. I'm I'm going to risk my life. I'm going to risk my kid's life, and then I'm going to live a harrowing lifestyle. Uh, in the U.S., I'm always going to be on the lookout because I'm illegal and I could be deported at any time. I'm going to subject myself to all that because I want a better future for my kids, and and I'm going to risk all that. Is is there no empathy for for sort of that perspective as well? So it's it's honorable, just like just like the Africans who are on the boat to Spain and to Italy, and they want a better life and all, but you know. So I guess the question is also how many do you let in, right? How many do you give asylum to say you were, but you just can't allow them to come in and and then they disappear off the chart, don't report in for when their hearing is, and now they're loose on America without a without any kind of background check, right? Right. So I think I think we both agree on the on the sort of basics. We can't we can't have free for all open borders. Yeah. Um, but I also I also like so then it becomes, yeah, it does become that. And and so do you think do you think the current illegal immigration right now is is placing a significant burden on the United States? I think so. So if, and you if that at, and, and yeah. then. OK. OK. Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
Like, so, so, and I mean that both financially and culturally. So, you know, you look at LAUSD, right? The teachers, I I don't know. I haven't heard if, if they've stopped the strike yet, but all of them, oh, they did. Okay. So the union is, they're, they're, they're liberals, right? They're liberal Democrats. And they say, you know, oh, we're all for everything that supports Democrats, right? But the problem is now they complain about class oversize, right? They claim about there's not enough money to go around, right? And how many how many students are are going are going to school that are illegal? Granted, they have the right to go to school, but who's paying for that, right? It's probably the people who are on Section Eight who doesn't pay property tax, right? The people who who have government handouts, right, and so they never pay property tax, right? Living in living living wherever they can, and then and then that that burdens the system, right? And so all these teachers, even though they keep raising taxes and property taxes, you know, are are sky's the limit right now, that they're being supported by a model. Now all of a sudden they're they're up in arms and saying, hey, we don't have any money. But they're one of the most powerful unions in the state, and and they want their money. So I think that that you kind of it can, it's one of that catch twenty two, right? Have your cake and eat it too, and all that stuff. And so so it's like okay, well, so what was what was the final result of that? That they ended up giving the, the district gave them their money. Um, I didn't pay a super amount of attention. I just know that um. It it was sort of I thought I if if I recall correctly it was just sort of a, a very small victory for the union they didn't get all they were asking for but they got a little something um, and that may have just been the union spin on it and and I think I think in general like you have a point right there is there is a stressor but but again California is the fifth biggest economy in the world if we, if we were a standalone thing and I think L A is sort of uniquely uh, impacted, uh, you know, positively and negatively by by immigrants from Mexico uh, and and Latin America, and I think there's there's dollars there if we wanted to do it without without sacrificing in other areas. You know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be building a high speed rail between you know Barstow and Sacramento that five people a year are going to ride for 152 billion dollars. You know, I, I I guess I keep coming back to this core thing about yeah, um, there there's an impact, but right now we're doing really well, and we can afford it. It's it's. But the California dollar, and again, you guys these are debt. You guys are have a huge debt. You guys no, I think we're back to a surplus. Right? I think we were, but now I think we've been positive surplus the last two years. Thanks to that all democratic Congress and state legislature. So, um, but yeah. So it says. But I get it. I, I get. I, I get the point. So it says California, according to January 2017, California state and local governments owe 1.3 trillion as of June 2015. Right, and this came from Forbes, um, April 2018. Yeah, but that's um, long-term debt is different than a deficit, uh, just in terms of I guess just budget deficit. Well, because it's unpaid um, liabilities, right? Like all the all the union, 
all the union pension liabilities that haven't been paid for. Right? Right. Yeah. If you, So if you go to PolitiFact, mm-hmm. um, there's an article there about uh, California having a budget surplus of uh, roughly $30 billion. Um, and, and it sounds more like it's more about $15 billion. So in terms of, in terms of an annual budget, we are in a surplus situation. Uh, in terms of our long term debt, yeah, it's it's obviously our long term debt is is a deficit, and I think we have serious um, questions that we have to answer about our our um, Calpers benefits and our retirement benefits. But that's <laughs> again, that's another calming discussion for another day. Um, let me let me wrap up with one one other question. There was a news article recently, maybe you heard about it, about some people in Arizona who were who were leaving out water bottles um, at at the border, um, and they were arrested uh, or and and tried with or, or indicted on on some charge. Where, where do you come down on acts like that? Is that is leaving out water bottles for migrants um, a, a criminal act in your mind? Uh, I would say no. You know, you got a lot of churches that are harboring illegals right now in Texas. And if people want to leave water bottles, but, it, you know, if they depends on if if you leave that water bottle on my private land, then you're then you're loitering and you're trespassing and you're and you are are. Um, and uh, what do they call that? Um, loitering, trespassing and. um you know, using my house as a garbage, garbage, garbage site. Right. So to me, if, if you're doing it on public property and, and it's your own water bottle, then that's, that's your own prerogative, right? We're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you for it, but if you do that on my property, be prepared to, to be arrested. Cause you cannot walk on private property okay. in Texas, especially you'll get shot. Yeah, Texas, Texas has a, a pretty unique uh, attitude towards that. Um, yeah, so so let's see if we can't figure out. So if we took that five point seven billion, would would you be okay if if all of that five point seven billion went into enhancing our ports of entry and reinforcing in current existing walls, or would some part of that deal have to be we want to extend? the existing walls. So, so again, what, whatever the border patrol wants to use that 5.7 billion for, I'm for it. Right. Because, because I don't know what's needed, but, but as a voting and paying taxpayer, I would, I would think just like, just like I, I, I want a professional to make that opinion of what they're going to use for the budget or my leadership at work to say, this is how much capital we have. We can use it here where we where as long as, you know, the, the proof is there that we need it in these places, then let them spend the money the way they want to spend it. So Trump's what about Trump's basic promise about building that wall? So what if it what if it's a conflict with that? So. I haven't I haven't seen what makes up that five point seven. I don't know if it's. That all that five point seven is equivalent to two hundred fifty miles of wall, or is it, you know, a hundred miles of wall and increased border dogs, as Pelosi wants to say it is? You know, I don't know how that breakup is. 
Um, so I would have to but, do more. But if that, right. But if, but if that head of the CBP or whatever came back and, and said, yeah, we, we really need the 5.7 billion, but not to extend our current wall, you would be okay with that, even though it, it goes against uh, Trump's original promise? So I, I think the president has said that, hey, I'm going to get you $5.7 billion and and you can use the money to what you believe. Again, he's the president, right? He's not, he's not nickel and diming or, you know, he's, he's, he's waiting on, on his chiefs to make that decision, right? Just like, just like, you know, when he was on The Apprentice, right? He let that, that first year guy go and run Trump Chicago and says, hey, now this is your building. You run it and let me know what's going on, right? So I think he believes in, in, in it because as a president or just like, you know, you as the president of your own company, you have to make the decisions. And then those decisions, you, 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 you rely on your, your generals and your colonels and your captains to, to decide what needs to happen, right? He can't, you know, 5.7. And we're talking about, this is minimal. This is, you know, we owe China $2 trillion. This 5.7 is like interest for two months. Right. 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 It's a very small amount. It's very small. So let them use the money that they need to. And I thought that was the whole the whole perspective is, hey, we're asking for $5.7 billion, right? It's in this package, you can use whatever you need to do that you feel that that needs to happen. And I thought that was the basic premise. And and what about what about the original promise of, of making Mexico pay for it? Doesn't like ir- irrelevant at this point, or I think it's irrelevant. is there some part of that that's I think still... it's irrelevant because okay. ultimately they are going to pay. Well, if you look at all those people they're harboring now, how much is that costing Mexico, right? So, but if you look at Ford's bringing thousands of jobs back into the United States, or not thousands, but probably a few hundreds of jobs, and it's 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 good for America, right? So they are losing out and America is winning, right? Okay. So as a, and as of right now, you're, um, you're feeling good about uh, voting again for Trump in 2020. Yep. He hasn't, he hasn't gone against any of the promises that I voted him in for. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll get any, any other border topics you want to talk about? I think, I think it's been a good discussion. Um, I think I got uh, a little bit more understanding. I think we differ on some, some core points, but I also think there's some common ground on, uh, I, I think, I we think both everybody, want yeah, I, you know, I, secure I border. honestly, honestly, I don't, you know, we're all American and I, I believe that, that everybody has a common ground to the 85th percentile. Right. And so the other 15 percentile, it's kind of like just personal, personal opinion. And that's where we all need to agree, agree upon is, is where. And unfortunately, all the what's happening in Congress is just ugly. And, you know, it's not a party thing. It's, it's the, it's, it's protecting what we have and and the the freedom that we all have and the the ability to 
act as Americans together, but unfortunately we're heavily divided, right? And it, and unfortunately it's it started when people started taking sides on 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 race, right? Well, I think I think politically you could sort of look back at Newt Gingrich and um some of those and Lee Atwater and and some of those folks, but yeah, neither here nor there. I, I did want to follow up with just one question because you did mention um, birthright citizenship a few times. Would you would you be in? And I forget if it's the fourteenth or the twenty fifth amendment. But would you, would you be in favor of modifying our our birthright citizenship rule? I would, yes. And and what would you what would you modify it to? What would what would it look like? Or what do you think makes sense? I think if 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 there was one parent that was an American citizen, they have birthright in the United States. Okay. All right. So if neither are are legal, but if they're here even on a green card or even on a temporary visa, if they're here legally and they give birth. Yeah, then 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 there is no birthright. You know, you don't become okay. a citizen because Eventually, right, you as a green card holder, right, you have to do, you have to, in order to keep your green card, it's two years out of five, right? And then you apply after five years or 10 years that to, to get uh, citizenship, right? And a lot of people have taken a long time, right? You look at any country out there, there is no country that, I, I, let me correct that. There may not be a country that gives automatic birthright, right? Whether you're Hong Kong, whether you're Singapore or whatever, you're just you're just a permanent resident. I know I know Singapore does. Right, there's very few. Yeah. No, there's there's I forget the list, but I think we're like one of five or six, I think, globally. But don't don't you think that's a little bit about what makes us who who we are as America? Like if we didn't do you think if we didn't have such an open attitude towards immigrants historically, like you might not be here, right? Or I don't know, I, I may have not been able to come over, you know, from Ireland in the potato famine. Don't, don't you think our sort of open arms that, you know, that give us your tired, your sick, your huddled masses, don't, don't you think that sort of understanding and that sort of welcomeness has, has made us the powerhouse that we are in some, in some way? Well, yeah, if you look at any corporations, it's, it's mixed nationalities and all that stuff. But, but again, it's not a, it's not a right, right? You have a green card. You're allowed to work here, stay here, do all that stuff. But if your parents are nationalities of another country, so why aren't you that nationality of another country then? Right. My daughter is, is American by birth. But she also has Singapore citizenship, which at 21, she's going to lose it if she doesn't, if she chooses to, to, to not, not keep it or, or forgo her U.S. citizenship, right? That's a decision that she'll make. But <coughs> it's not a right um, to get that because, because you, you, were, you were born just because you were, you were just here. But you can still stay here, right? Because your parents are green card. But if you but if you want U.S. citizenship, then you have to apply for it. Just like if an illegal alien, or sorry, an immigrant from another country who's waited five, ten years, then you do the application, and then that's the process, right?
good good points good talk um, I, I really it. appreciate you taking the time no problem and um yeah uh hopefully this will all get solved in the next year or so uh i'm not holding my breath yeah well what but, is it three years uh, so so i think the pitch was 5.7 billion we'll we'll increase daca and all that up people are that are stay here for you know the next three years it has to it has to come would down you do that to, would you I would, would be you make poor, that I would give them I would give them three years, but it's not guaranteeing them citizenship. I think there there has to be there has to be a definitive agreement that okay if if you're a DACA person, then you you don't become a citizen for ten years, and and as long as you don't break the law in ten years and you're a contributing member of society, right? Then well, that's vague. There well, are people who say that I'm not a contributing member of society. <laughs> so if you had a felony, if you had a felony, then then that would be very right. bad, right? Yeah, no. And the jigs it, up. Yeah. Right. And so so there are certain right. rules, right? But that's another story. I but think I, would, I think we can find compromise. I, I, think so. I, I think that just people have to work harder to, to find it. It's not as easy to to find that common ground i think i think and, it takes a little bit of effort and reaching across so i appreciate it yeah, i appreciate you're you right. taking the time yeah you're right because ultimately right if if everybody gives in a little bit like let's get to the 85th percentile right you're not going to have your way and 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 have your cake too but let's all get to 85 what can you what can you be favored with and you just take the majority 85 percent, right let's get get everybody a beat everybody 85 percent. 85 all right Thank you so much for taking the time. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right.